You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Well, hello, 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 everyone. This is Michelle Anderson coming to you tonight with C2P. C2P is Connect to Protect, and we are here to talk about HIV in the metropolitan Detroit area and how it can be prevented. If we can actually make HIV go away, if we could find a way to get everyone who is susceptible or what's a good word for it, ladies? At risk. At risk. Who's at risk of getting HIV. And when I think of that, I think of our teens and our young adults. And I honestly believe all college campuses need this, not just in the city, but all college campuses. So, hi. I'm on other Facebook Lives here today, so I'll wave and hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. And I am going to have the ladies introduce themselves. These are members of the C2P Board of Directors. So, Ayana, would you like to start? Well, hi, my name is Ayana Walters. I'm the C2P Detroit coordinator. Um, we are out of Wayne State University Horizons um, Project um, Clinic. Um, hello. Okay. I'm uh, Liz Secord, the medical director for Horizons at Wayne State University Children's Hospital of Michigan. And I'm Keyshawn Houston. I am one of the social workers at the Horizons Project for Wayne State. Yes, so... This is a very necessary podcast. However, we are here today because there's going to be a campaign going next week and it is, it's about prepped. And I know many of you are trying to figure out what the heck is prep because I said Detroit is ready to prep. Mm-hmm. So who wants to be the first to explain what PrEP is? Because I just learned myself two years ago, and I was shocked that so many people did not know. So you want me to lead off? Ahead, so um, this is Liz Secord again. PrEP is medication that people take um, who are HIV negative people take to avoid getting HIV. Um, so should everyone take it? Probably not, but people who are high risk, Mm -hmm. who um, may have a sexual encounter or who use IV drugs or have a partner who has HIV who may not be uh, virally controlled all the time should should use PrEP or could use PrEP to keep themselves safe. So that would even be um, people with multiple partners. Correct. If they're in a, you know, just an open relationship a non-committed relationship mm-hmm. and they they are free with you know with their sexuality nothing wrong with that but the difference now as opposed to what it was years ago is there is medication that can be taken daily where you can can help yourself not get HIV, correct? Correct. Correct. And, you know, uh, people may say, well, why not just use condoms? Well, sometimes people don't want to use condoms because it may decrease sensation during sex or it's an inconvenient or you may have sex and not have a condom with you. Um, It's another tool uh, that that we have in uh, the the toolbox to prevent HIV, to help people who um, are, are at higher risk. And what Part of what we're not saying yet, but probably mm-hmm. we'll talk yes. about is that the people at highest risk are, um, 
young men who have sex with men or older men who have sex with men, but people who have anal sex are at one of the highest risk. Um, so that this is uh, particularly useful in that situation, but we're not to forget that women may be at risk mm-hmm. too. And sometimes Absolutely. we mm-hmm. forget that. And sometimes we forget we go down the checkbox mm-hmm. uh, of who's at highest risk and forget that uh, the patients or the clients who come in and ask us for PrEP know their behaviors and, and may know why they're at risk uh, better than, than we do. So we're here to, um, to talk about how to get PrEP and, and uh, where to find it and, and who um, should take it and then to talk about how to take it safely and be monitored medically. Yeah, because you have a lot of our um, young adults as well as, you know, just you have a lot of people, heterosexual couples who are also practicing anal sex. Exactly. As well. So it is, you know, I think that the the sexuality of people now is very common and fluid and things that used to be considered as freaky is now considered as a norm in many, in many, many ways. I'm I'm thinking it, but I really don't know how to express it. it. That was pretty good. (laughs) I kept, I was trying to keep it clean. Okay, I sexual um, orientation fluid, but so are their sexual experiences. Experiences, yes. Um, and so people are less restricted with their thoughts about sex, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So there was a time where sex was very taboo, you know, a generation where sex was not discussed. And I think that one of the things that makes PrEP so important is that you have that divide still it's Mm -hmm. still an unspoken divide between generations where we are not communicating about sexual risk sexual habits in a way that the most highest risk populations um are are receiving that information yes right yes so when we talk about you know we, we we deal with young people all day and they don't have to have a relationship to have sex they the two do not equal Correct. And so we consider that, though, um, that elevates your level in high risk. You don't have a relationship. You are not monogamous um, and you're having sex with a lot of people or more than one person. And so but that's okay. That Mm -hmm. does not create an issue for a lot of young individuals that's doing it. I know I was. um, I'm going to show my age here. Because sex has been sex as long as man and woman have been been alive, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that at one point in time, you know, it was considered as taboo mm-hmm. um, to talk about it openly. You know, then you came into the the free love generation and everything else to where people talked about it more. But now mm-hmm. it's everywhere you look. There's there's mm-hmm. like there's no. There's no hiding. There's no hiding and anymore. Just think about the culture we're in. You don't. Yes. It used to be a time where you had to form face to face relationships or face to face dialogue. But now, now you swipe right. Swipe right. <laughs> and apps that help you participate yes. in swiping yes. right. And you don't even have to know the real identity of the individual that you're having sex with. Yes. And you so. do. You have people that say, oh, I like the way he or she looks. Mm-hmm. And they swipe, they hook up, they have sex, and they say goodbye. Now that's new. That's new when it comes to me. You know, I'm 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 over fifty. I'm willing to admit it. Not scared of it, and <laughs> glad that I'm still on this side of the dirt. But <laughs> so when I when I think about that, you know, yes, people had one night stands and things like that. But now it's a matter of, oh, I visually. Like how you look, have mm-hmm. not talked to you, have not seen you before. We're going to meet up. We're going to have sex. So I'm glad that there is a medication available Absolutely. such as PrEP. You know, I've lost friends back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago mm-hmm. to HIV. Mm-hmm. So I am so glad that this pill is is available. What bothers me is the fact that the public even though now you see the ads on television and everything, but the general public up until those ads started running, the majority did not know. And this pill is not something that's new. 
They still don't know. And they still, no, don't know. I, they still don't know. And I think that um, t- not only do people um, not know about it, and part of it is ads on TV, like, you know, who watches TV? You know, some people That's are true. streaming things. That's it's true. not there. I, I have recently seen some ads on uh, billboards. So we still do drive. So we see those. But the word is not completely out there. And uh, some of the data on on uh, adherence with youth who are taking um prep is, is very low so that it's it's a hard sell to get people to take medication to prevent something um it's hard for for older individuals for young people it's even harder so i think that that we need to make sure that that young people know about it and encourage them to uh take control of their health and that it's okay to to take care of yourself, to admit that you're having sex and that you don't want to have HIV is okay to think and okay to take action on. Can I ask, um, now a lot of young ladies take birth control pills. Mm-hmm. So I would think that it may be easier for them to take the PrEP because it's something you have to take daily, correct? Correct. Yes and no, yeah. because, I mean, when you think about the adherence to birth control, mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of other birth control mechanisms just because of people's ability to be adherent to that one pill yeah. once a day. I mean, think about the things that you have to take once a day that actually um, are not, you know, life Threatening, right. right. So if yeah. it's that, I mean, you're going to take a diabetic medicine once a day. You're going to take things that control your blood pressure mm-hmm. once a day because you're going to feel an immediate response if you don't. Mm-hmm. So one of the challenges is how do you help people understand the importance of every day for something that they don't necessarily have a tangible consequence to? In the moment, if they don't, does that make sense? It does because you don't feel different. You don't feel different. Your medication that's preventing HIV, exactly. But um, here's something that we that we shy away from talking about, but uh, but it's easily um, googled on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's well known that even if you take four pills out of seven Mm -hmm. of the the usual prep, which is Tenofovir, emtricitabine, the Truvada, you're still protected. Okay. So it's more forgiving than uh, than you would think. You you don't have to take it every single day. And th- in fact, um, I would encourage people to who are interested in prep to discuss it with their healthcare provider or go to a place that's prep friendly and discuss it because there are new medications coming around the bend. Um, there are now medications that are in trial or uh, being developed that may be depot medications mm-hmm. that, that you would take monthly, that would or be, that you would know, be an great. insert yes. like the Implanon. Yes, you know that. I think that would be wonderful. So you think that's actually coming? Yes, yes. You know, is. let's talk about the statistics of HIV within Wayne County. Just let's let's talk about Wayne County. Does anyone have those statistics with them tonight? I. You know, I, I can go to the car and get my laptop. But, you know, what I what I know without even looking it up, because mm-hmm. because we live this every day. Right. We're one of the the hot spot cities, Detroit, the greater uh, the Detroit metropolitan area, as mm-hmm. we like to call yes. it, is one of the hot spots in the U.S. So we're not doing so well. And what's the fastest growing group? Youth. Um so, you know, first the 13 to 24 and mm-hmm. then, you know, the 24 to mid 30 group. So this is where the, the, um, the growth in HIV is and where, um, where we haven't leveled off. The other age groups have leveled off. There's, you know, it's not in a continual rise, but in the hotspot cities, um, us, us included, yeah, HIV is still on the rise in youth because we're we're not getting the word out young enough. People don't like you to talk to their kids about sex before they've had sex, but they watch TV and they're looking at the internet. I know. And, yeah, know it's not a secret. Right. In the video, there's sex I in think, some of the video games they play. I think yes. too, though, yeah. that, like I said, I think that the part of the issue is that divide because while a lot of youth are not very versed in safe sex mm-hmm. practices, mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of adults and providers are not comfortable with having that discussion. The younger the population is, the more discomfort 
the medical community has with really, really getting that out there and why it's necessary. I mean, I can only think of myself. I have, um, you know, I, I, at one time I had younger children and I remember taking them to the doctor when the, um, HPV vax came yes. out. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, um, their provider saying to me, if your children aren't having sex, then they don't need this. Um, and I remember knowing though, yeah, but part of this is about contact not necessarily intercourse and so and and i'm just seeing that kind of mindset translate when it comes to prep we have to be comfortable having dialogue about sex especially in the highest at-risk communities which we are not okay so metro detroit hiv stats and I don't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I think the last report head. I saw was from, but it was, I was like told eleven thousand new cases every year in right. our clinic alone. We are seeing four to five newly diagnosed, thirteen to twenty-four monthly diagnoses within the Metro Detroit area. And, and I know that's just our clinic. That's just right. our clinic. That's just alone. our clinic. And I, I read that it was that in our area that our our numbers are four times higher Absolutely. than the entire population of yes. it was Genesee County. Yes. And what other county was it? Ingram Ingram County. Mm-hmm. Ingram County and Genesee County together. Yes. The news so, just ran that report last yeah. year. They um yeah. Four times higher than all of the surrounding counties in the EMA. Mm-hmm. So what are we missing? It, I, it's almost to the point to where <coughs> we're not talking to mm-hmm. our kids enough. Absolutely not. And it's we're not watching our kids enough. Mm-hmm. And why is it that our children are feeling as if they they have to experience sex so early? Because from what I'm understanding, you know, children now are starting as young as nine, eight, nine years old. And that's and even though they're not old enough to consent. Right. It's just the fact that they are they're trying to practice. I don't know that I think sexual exploration is changing in terms of the age. No, Um, because it's like that. You know, that's a a stage of development process. Mm -hmm. Children Mm -hmm. are going to be exploratory and curious. I think how we have responded to that um, and how we are continuing to respond to that has presented some of the challenge um, and moving forward and some of our ability to kind of contain some of the things that are going on. I mean, when you when you talk to children who are very comfortable with their authority figures in Mm -hmm. having those conversations about sex and Mm -hmm. sexual health and Mm -hmm. sexual risk, you will find that those children tend to be less Risky. I mean, I know what sex is. We had this discussion. I know how to protect myself. I know how to keep myself safe. I know how to negotiate safe sex. I mean, that's a whole other issue, right? How mm-hmm. do you negotiate safe sex? Um, but when you can have those conversations in your home, in your churches, in your schools, in all of the areas that we tend to not talk about these things, then we can start having really meaningful discussions about why PrEP is necessary, how to use PrEP, how should PrEP be introduced in our community and to our most at-risk clients. Now, I know that I live in Oakland County. My daughter goes to school in Oakland County. My daughter learned about PrEP in in her sex education class Mm -hmm. when she was in middle school. And... She and I, we were talking about it because they covered it, mm-hmm. but where to get it mm-hmm. was not really covered. And to come home and talk about it, she didn't talk about it until she learned about it through Wake Up. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah. And at that time, she was ninth grade. Mm-hmm. You know, so she had already heard of it, but she didn't even come home and talk about it. You if- know? I had heard of it through Wake Up. So, yeah, it's about four years ago. I thought it was two. It was about four years ago. Was it, has it been around that long? Three. Three. Three, three years ago. So. Okay. Yeah. You would so be about three surprised years ago. at what our youth know until you sit down and talk to them. The issue is that the information that they have comes from sources that may not be the most knowledgeable. 
So yes. they'll have some of the information. Like they may know, they may have heard about prep. Mm-hmm. They may know some details about prep, but they don't have why it's so necessary. You know what I mean? So they will have a skeleton of information and not necessarily from the most knowledgeable resources. And that becomes the challenge. Well, it also makes me wonder, though, if that has anything to do with the fact that the HIV rates are lower in more affluent communities because they were aware of PrEP Mm -hmm. a lot longer than what, you know, the urban communities. You know, that that may be part of just a question. I think also um, there is a little bit of skewing that when people get tested, they sometimes come into the city Mm -hmm. and certain zip codes will look like they have very high HIV rates, but all those clients are not from that neighborhood. And yet what you say is true. I think that, uh, that in places more affluent communities where the curriculum allows d- uh, discussion around uh, sexual behavior and sexual risk, mm-hmm. that the the rates are lower, and that um, you know kids have have access to condoms, to birth control, and to, and and to discussing it with their parents, uh, discussing uh, discussing their sexual behavior. I I think that. Probably in homes where you're not comfortable to discuss PrEP or to discuss birth control, you probably also aren't discussing who do you have sex with. Mm -hmm. Why don't you think it's psychologically healthy to only have sex with strangers? Why do we want to connect with people that we have sex with? Those conversations need to happen, too, in modern times. Mm -hmm. And, And I suspect that those are not ongoing conversations in a home where you can't discuss protecting yourself. Right. We are not we are not saying a lot of times I hear you're promoting, you know, children to have sex. No. Not at all. No. I want no. them to have as much information and that does not happen with open and honest dialogue. Actually the more information, like you were saying earlier, the more information a child has, the probability that they're going to wait or have Increases. a, you know, make better choices. Exactly. You know, they're going to have safer sex the more information they have. I know um, now so many people are always wanting to fight against Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, Planned Parenthood was where you went to learn about STDs mm-hmm. at that time. Now they're ST, mm-hmm. now they're called STIs, mm-hmm. um, sexually transmitted infections. Um, which uh, for those who are older like I am, that's sexually transmitted diseases. They're both one and the same. But that's where you went to learn about it. They had boxes that were age appropriate for small children, for middle school children, for high school children to help parents learn how to talk to their kids because only so much could be talked about in school, in sex education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They could only be so blunt in school and sex education. And then you have many parents that didn't even want their kids to be in a sex education classroom because they felt as if the kids didn't know, then they wouldn't do, which is the total opposite. Complete opposite. Complete opposite, opposite, you know, because I, I even told my own children, you know, if you want to, you have a question, you want to know something about sex, talk to me. Don't talk to your friends because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what I know. And not only do they not know, oftentimes, come on, we, we've all heard of and been exposed to peer pressure. Yes. They want you to do what they experience. Right. And, and then, even yeah. if it's not, you know, even if it's not safe or, yeah. or reasonable or responsible. Yeah, they don't want it. They don't or they don't want to do it on their own. Exactly. You know, and you have you have kids who have lost their virginity based upon peer pressure to find out that the person who pressured you is still a virgin. <laughs> You know? <laughs> That's true. I think if you asked most people about their their sons or their daughters who are preteens or or teens, mm-hmm. do you um, w- would you prefer that they um, you probably prefer that they delay sex, but if they don't, would you prefer that they use birth control so they don't you know so the the girl doesn't get pregnant? At 13 or 14, I think most people would say, yes, I'd prefer that. Then you need to discuss that, that, you know, I would prefer that you delay sex. But if you don't, I'd prefer that you 
protect yourself from HIV, from other STIs. And I think people also forget sometimes, like we're, we're so thinking about uh, prevention of STIs mm-hmm. that we forget that life is also sexually transmitted and that's why it's such a strong drive and it needs to be discussed. It needs to, you know, we need to discuss it with our, mm-hmm. with our yes. teens and preteens. Think back to when you were younger mm-hmm. and your libido was talking to you. You know, where your 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 mind was saying one thing, your heart was saying another, and then the hormone said, shut up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and, and we have to be real. Yeah, right. You know, so, we, we grew up, we made our mistakes and everything. But if you think about the advancement of, you know, of medicine to where we now have a pill that is available to our to our youth, to our, you know, adults. Right. Every day that you can take to keep you from getting HIV, why would you be against something like that? I I would I think that it should be given out on college campuses and in high school like it's candy. I'm gonna take you back to HPV. How long did HPV take to become a normalized process in the clinical environment? I'm How not, long did I'm it not take? sure. It, I'm not sure it's completely normalized yeah. now. We still yeah. have people refuse it because. Uh, you know, AIDS. people are afraid that getting the vaccine will make their exactly. sons and daughters have sex. So, this, you know, so into, hormones so, in uh, the brain, in the mind, and the body is what's going to make them have sex. Exactly. You still so, have to educate and think about the last time you went to your own medical provider mm-hmm. and they asked you about your sexual history your sexual risk. They asked you about PrEP. They asked you about HIV testing. I've been married for a, lo- a long time now. Okay. Um, but I've had the same doctor for as long as I've been married. So we have a v- we have very honest and open discussions. And I remember them not asking me because they know my spouse and my whole family. Do you want to be tested for in? They, they never asked. Same here. And really? I had to I have say, the same. yeah, I had to the say same. because you're married. I mean, and I trust my husband, and I love yeah. my husband. It has nothing to do with that, but that's that should be a standard of care. Yes. It really should. Yeah. It should. And also, I'm not trying to be funny, but anyone who's working within the medical profession, to where you may um, be in contact with blood and fluids and things like that, I would think that your doctor would ask you on a regular basis. But that would then require, again, some of these conversations have to become a part of our routine dialogue. I mean, just how, you know, it's when we're in healthcare, when we're dealing with at-risk individuals, it has to be, it has to be a normalized conversation. I tell people all the time, they, you do um, HIV testing. I do. So I have to ask people some very, you know, difficult questions. I don't really want to know about their, you know, sexual history, sexual mm-hmm. preference, what they did last and who they did it with. But I have to be comfortable asking that question in order to get honest communication, not because I want it, but because with that information, that gives me the ability to give them the best answer for their health outcomes. Mm-hmm. True. So a couple things we haven't discussed that I think are important for pe- for young people who are listening to this yes. and people considering PrEP. There are some risks to, to taking any medication. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't – sometimes I joke, oh, why don't we put it in the drinking water? No, we wouldn't put it in the <laughs> drinking water. <laughs> so, you know, it wouldn't be good – for example, people who have, have kidney problems. So we have to monitor um, – people who are on prep carefully every uh, the standard of care is every three months for youth Mm -hmm. there's some evidence that you know they may stop taking it if you um, don't see them more frequently so there may be reasons to see them more frequently and to encourage um, taking the medication regularly but um, you know we also uh, check bone density um, and there are some newer uh, medications coming around the corner that may have less of those side effects. We see very little problems from PrEP in young people, but we do have to monitor. It's mm-hmm. not, um, you know, it's not like, well, I was going to say it's not like taking candy, but that's probably not healthy either. No. So maybe it is no. like taking candy. I take it <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like that. And so. I, don't, I don't know, like sitting in from this side of the lens, I don't, it's not my realistic expectation that everyone is on prep. Mm-hmm. It is my realistic expectation, though, that everyone has the information and yeah. that we are able to um, 
help those individuals that are most at risk. And see, and I guess with me, when I say that, giving out like the, 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 the generation, the population that is more risky mm-hmm. and they are at risk, mm-hmm. I think that they, I want them to have the information, but I want them to also take the responsibility mm-hmm. and, and, and get the medication. Absolutely. You know, and I recently learned that Medicaid, does pay for a prep. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So, you know, so those who are on mm-hmm. Medicaid, they're eligible for prep. Mm-hmm. You know, and my love logical families, if you if you have children in your home and you do suspect that they are sexually active or that they are considering becoming sexually active, go to the CDC website. Mm-hmm. You can go to um Horizons website. You there's so many ways. Just health department, health department, state of you know, Michigan health yeah, department, the state, the state of Michigan health department. Look up prep because your your doctor may not even be as well versed as what the doctor should be or comfortable mm-hmm. talking about. Yes, it. Yeah. or right, right, yeah. or know and about not, it. Or yeah, know not about everyone it. prescribes prep because right. of the as I've just mentioned, you have to follow people carefully. Right, it's a, right. A particularly with young people, you do a lot of hand-holding. Not everyone is so comfortable or has a setup mm-hmm. for that, but there are uh, there are numerous places that are comfortable with it, and Planned Parenthood also offers yes. prep. They're one of the places that is comfortable with it and, and, and do offer prep. When you go so. online um, to the, the CDC, to the State of Michigan Health Department, you can actually input like where you live mm-hmm. and it will show you the physicians every, in, in the, you know, different, um, organizations and agencies in your area where you can obtain PrEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I really would hope that if your doctor is not on the list, you know, that your doctor would work with you mm-hmm. to find someone. To find sure. someone. Where you can take your child or yourself to go and get on prep. Because now, question, what's the youngest child that you've had come into Horizons um, and they were diagnosed with HIV? I know you can't, I'm not asking for a person, I'm just asking an age. So the youngest person that I can recount that I remember um, was diagnosed right at 13. For me, I've been at Horizon since this is my seventh year. They were diagnosed right at 13, but they came in with an AIDS diagnosis, uh-huh. which means that they had been positive probably for a little while before they actually got the diagnosis. And they would have been a misdiagnosis. They could not find out what was wrong. And so after repeated hospital and ER visits, um, they were placed in the hospital and they had... Um, one of the doctors, I think, that had worked with Dr. Secord say, mm-hmm. we should give an HIV test because the the um, the individual had, you know, lost a lot of weight and had a lot of the symptoms of AIDS, but they had never been given an HIV test. So from our best estimation, they were positive at least a year prior, but they came into us like a week after their 13th birthday in the hospital. Wow. What about you? Um, We have, uh, you know, sometimes children have HIV from birth, and so it's not Mm -hmm. always clear. We have had younger individuals come in, and we've had individuals who've been sexually assaulted who were younger. So... But I think you're really asking for uh, behavior, behavior, behavior. Yes. Yes. behavior. Uh, acquired HIV, mm-hmm. I think would be 13 or 14, which oh, is not, see. you know, not to panic everyone no. listening. No, no, it's no. not terribly common, but does happen more frequently. And, and we're, we're still shocked when we see someone 17 and 18. I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like seeing young people. Uh, coming in uh, with HIV and and struggling um, because whatever we say, HIV is easier to treat, but there is still stigma attached. And we'd like to decrease the incidence so that th- that our young people don't have to struggle with a chronic illness and with uh, with the stigma involved with uh, with HIV. Now, and, Ayana, have you um, 
do you have a like a group therapy section section um, at Horizons or sure. someone yeah, who sure. you recommend that you know that the youth will go to if they find that they have a positive HIV? Sure. We we do have group for the for the positive clients. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we, and we do have individualized and, therapy. We yeah, have a psychologist. Okay. We mm-hmm. have social workers who do mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Okay. And we I have a to. psychiatrist who works with people who may have more more severe adjustment problems or or depression. Mm-hmm. I want. I knew the answer to that question, <laughs> but I also felt as if we needed to get the answer to that question out there, because. If you have a child that has been diagnosed and, you know, they, they're living in, in secret mm-hmm. of what's happened to them, or you as a parent are living with the secret of what's happening within your home, mm-hmm. I would advise that you reach out to the therapy, to the therapy, therapist and go to these sessions because it'll give you other families to talk to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so that you can, you know, get this out and talk about it. And I also would like to ask that you advocate and talk to other parents about PrEP. Absolutely. You Cause, know, because here's a scary, uh, well, not here's a concerning fact. Mm-hmm. More than 50 percent of the patients that we serve have not disclosed their diagnosis to yeah. their family or their parents or their siblings. Um, that's concerning for several reasons. But what we know is that the stronger the support system, the better the health outcome. So we have kids that are still in high school whose parents that they live with do not know that they're HIV positive. And legally, wow. we cannot disclose that information to their parents. So now imagine you have you have young adults, heart. right? Yes. You have young adults, you have adolescents in your home. Imagine knowing or not knowing that your child is HIV positive and you do not know that information. That so they are, mag- well, they are really managing would. that. You know what's even sadder to me? A lot of kids can access health care. Um, even you know without their without their family knowing, yes. but there are some who can't because of the way their insurance is set up, mm-hmm. and some of those young adults choose not to get health care rather than tell their parents, and that's a very difficult situation. And I would just encourage people to try to open up those lines of communication. It's usually. Young young men who are gay who don't want to come out to their families, and so they don't. Um, they they keep the information to themselves, and they choose not to get treated. Um, that's a very very sad situation. We don't see it all the time, but we do see it, and that breaks my heart. I know it's hard for me to see anyone not be accepted by their family. Um, And I'm talking about their biological family because a lot of people um, that's in that situation, they have a huge love logical family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of times it's that still does not take away the hurt Mm -hmm. of being rejected by their their biological family. Because I have been aware of what same sex loving people have been my entire life because my uncle. My uncle was very much so accepted by our family. He was loved by our family. He was supported by our family. I have cousins um, who, same way, mm-hmm. same way. So I am very open. I am very loving. I am very accepting. And anybody who don't like it, just get over it because that's <laughs> who I am. That's who I was raised to be. And that's part of Love logical within me, too, because my mother accepted everyone. She may not have, you know, she, she in her mind and how she put it in my mind, who you sleep with is your business because who's in my bed next to me is mine. So that's just the way I was raised. And this is important to me because and it's it's not about same sex loving people. It's about people in general. I am the mother of a teenage daughter. I have love logical children. I have love logical grandchildren who are coming up in this world. And 
promiscuity is becoming a norm. What we called promiscuity right. is now becoming a norm. It's the sexual norm, norm. and it's not this even right. considered promiscuous it's anymore. Not, it's not. No, it's it's not. That's why I said it's now considered mm-hmm. a norm. It's the norm. You know, and I just want everyone to know that we have to open up. We have to talk to our kids. We have to talk to our spouses and get our spouses to understand because I know I've heard people who stay quiet about what's going on with their children because they don't want to upset their spouse. Upset your spouse. Let them get over themselves. <laughs> you know, because you got to protect your kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You do. You got to protect your kids. And if your spouse can't accept your child, I'm sorry to say this, but you need to rethink who you're sleeping next to. You know, but it's important that we get the message across. Yes, there is a pill that is out here that has to be taken every day that you now learn that if you take it, you know, regularly and you miss a couple of days then you're still good, but you still got to take it. Teach your kids how important it is to take it. Give it to them. You know, my daughter's going to be going to college next year. You think prep won't be going with her? Then you crazy. Because <laughs> I plan on sending it with her because I'd rather her protect herself. We all know that when it comes to sex, there are, everybody is not fair in the bedroom. Right. You know, it's right. known that 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 men, young men, old men, you know, they they sneak and roll condoms off when they have an opportunity. They do things to condoms to where they may break. Sometimes condoms are just made to where they break, depending on the quality of the condom. I think the condoms need to be within the schools. What do you all think about that? I think the conversation (laughs) needs to be within the schools. Well, and, Um, you know, if we could hand them out at health clinics and schools, I'd be very happy. But that's been very prohibited by most of the schools. They used to. Well, state of Michigan is very, space. very conservative. So, yeah, yeah. So we're we're going to push, and that's one of our goals for C two P, is to get push it. Is to push it. That's one and of our And we can main only goals. tell people don't have sex, but how's that working out? I don't right. see the population right. dropping. Right, and I the conservative see. people that's trying to say, mm. "Don't educate my kids." They need mm. to think about what they're doing themselves. I think yeah. that the concern is what the information is going to be. I hear a lot of parents, you know, saying, I don't want someone to talk about sex with my children because that's a very private, um, a very private topic, you know, a very personal discussion. And I would feel better if I had that conversation with my child. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Listen, if the moon would talk to you about safe sex practices, then I would ask the moon to speak. <laughs> I right. don't care where the information right. comes from as long as it's good, safe, you know, um, accurate information. And I think the biggest challenge is nobody is really, really talking about the important things that we need to be talking about within our families, within our schools, within our churches, within our communities in general and I think that that is where the biggest challenge is and I can honestly say I don't know that we're going to make a a gigantic impact unless we start doing it I mean like this is a great format to do that Mm -hmm. but it has the conversation has to happen or there will be no change that's true you know so and I'm going to tell you the conversation is happening because we're here today because next week from September 9th through the 14th is the Prep and Proud Campaign Week. Woo. Yes. And C2P yes. Connect to Protect is a group of community service organizations. Yes. Um, the board of C2P is multiple Michigan community service organizations. You have colleges. You have organizations. You have people from the medical, all over the medical community that's coming together to make a difference is to try to eradicate HIV in the metropolitan Detroit area. So Ayana, tell us some of the stuff that's happening next week for the Prep and Proud campaign. Yes, I'm so excited. So on Monday, um, we have B10 and Unified. They will have a um, a prep talk um, about um, in the 
Black America. It's a brown bag um, lunch from 11 to 4. And all these events are free. So when I say free, come get education, um, food, it's free. Um, Condoms. Condoms. <laughs> condoms, condoms, all the free. fun, stuff. all the fun stuff. Say, uh, female condoms usually we free. have as well. Yes, yes. free, free. 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 Mm-hmm. Tuesday we have the Detroit Recovery Project and um, our Wayne State What's Up. They're part of our um, prevention. Um, they will have something at Palmer Park, um, cranes in the sky, art project, and just have that discussion about sex and art at the same time. Um, Wednesday, Planned Parenthood will be having an event um, that's to be announced. And and also look on our um, C2P um, Facebook page. I'll post uh, it on Love Logical, too. And we'll post um, all the events. Um, Ruth Ellis, Status Sexy and Unified, will have a ball mm-hmm. um, that evening from 6 to 8. Um, Moesh will have a webinar where their youth will be talking about prep in the community. And also for our primary care physicians and our residents, our own medical director, Dr. Secord, <laughs> and Dr. Cole will be talking um, about PrEP. And because that's one of the concerns. And we can say, um, take this, but a lot of our medical professionals are not comfortable or don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. There was an incident, Keishon, you can explain about one of the attendants didn't know about PEP. Oh yeah, and I was very disturbed about that because this well, we child was described a, it. Yeah, that's so, the post. Am I correct? Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's yes, the post. that's the post. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, our you know, just not us as mm-hmm. patients, um, but just in general, the medical professionals just be comfortable and learn more about prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Friday, at the Charles Wright Charles H Wright African American Museum, we have Horizons Clinic. Teen Hype, All Wellbeing, City of Detroit Health Department. We'll be having a scavenger hunt for youth ages 13 through 18. Free event, um, tour of the museum, and just a discussion on prep. What time does it start? That's from 4 to 7.30. Okay, so 4 to 7.30. We need you to get your 13 to 18-year-olds out there Mm -hmm. to the Charles H. Wright Museum. You get a free Tour of the museum. Mm-hmm. So, and then a scavenger hunt within the museum. And free food. And free food. Free okay. food. A food food? <laughs> food. Food food. Food food. Oh, get free food food. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was, you know, we do that light refreshment <laughs> thing and food. No, food. <laughs> and on, on Saturday, we'll be ending our event, um, our Prep and Proud campaign um, week at Wayne County Community College. That's at 801 Fort Street. From 11 to 4. And also we will have a rally um, that same day to end off Detroit Walks to End HIV. All um, right. There, there will not be a walk because our original plan was to have a walk. But we will be having a walk in 2020 mm-hmm. on Wayne State University's campus. So just come out. Um, a lot of community events. Um, spreading the word. Prep and prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, we know our first thing is abstinence. But if you're going to have sex... Learn to protect yourself. Right. Yes, and be proud. Right. And be proud of yourself as far as your choices, but make sure that you make choices that are healthy for you and healthy for those who you're with. Right. And protect yourself. Learn. Look it up. Google it. Prep. You know, and it's P-R-E-P. And I know that it's spelled P with a little R. With a capital E and a capital P. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Learn about it. Don't be afraid to talk to your friends. And for those of you who'd like to come together and have intellectual conversations, bring it up. Because I think that it would be a gr- very good stimulating conversation amongst our young adults who like to have, or the millennials, <laughs> as well as, you know, those younger, mm-hmm. who like to have these conversations, see what, what, what the other person is thinking about it, you know, because mm-hmm. you may find yourself in a room with someone who's actually taking prep, mm-hmm. and they may, they may bring it out, or they've been thinking about it themselves, but don't know anyone else that's been considering taking right. prep. But also, you still have to use condoms with prep because it will not protect you from an STI. It will not. So that is to protect you from HIV. So you should still use, still and always use condoms to protect yourself from an STI. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was always told, 
provide your condoms, and hold it on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that advice. You know, since it came up, you mentioned PEP, Mm -hmm. which is post-exposure prophylaxis. Mm -hmm. And for for young people listening who um, are, are saying to themselves, Oh, my God, you know, I had had this high-risk encounter. I had sex with someone who then found out they had HIV, um, and and now it's too late to take PrEP. That's what uh, post-exposure prophylaxis is. There is um, availability of taking medication to prevent getting HIV after an exposure. So after a needle stick, after, after a sexual assault, after a high-risk uh, sexual encounter, um, you can present yourself to uh, the health department, to an ER, to Horizons, and get um, get post uh, post exposure prophylaxis, which is really HIV treatment for 28 days, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that, we usually discuss prep. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and guys, Horizons is right there within the medical community with Children's Hospital. They're right across from Children's Hospital, so. If you are University looking, Health Center. University Health Center. 5F. If you, okay, go on. I said 5F. 5F, yeah. 5F is in frame. Yes. So if you are looking for Horizons and you like the fact that it's right there, you know, they, they work with children's and everything. You can, you can walk from Woodward. They will, they will tell you, okay, it's right there. They'll point you to it. So just go and ask. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask about it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you want to inbox me, Michelle Anderson, with questions, feel free to inbox me. I will forward those questions over to um, Horizons and make sure that you receive a response. I'll, 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 I'll take that responsibility. I was also going to say, don't worry about the stigma. Don't worry about people thinking about who you have sex with either. I mean, you know, don't you taking that medication. You must be having a lot of sex. Don't worry about what people think about Mm -hmm. you. You have to make sure you're safe. Right. You can be having you can have a committed monogamous relationship. But you also have to consider the fact that if the two of you have not been tested together, whoever that person slept with prior to you. You're laying down with them too, right? And oftentimes in our in, in our young population, I hear, "I'm committed," but they just wasn't committed at the same time that I was committed, right? <laughs> right? So definitely, we want to do that. So I know that we we had a great conversation here today. Prep and Proud is next week, September the 9th through the fourteenth. Um, I will put the information up on my Love Logical site on my page. It's going to be on C2P's page. And if you have any questions, just inbox me. I'll be more than happy to pass those questions on. So, ladies, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And I appreciate what you do for the youth within our communities and the willingness to educate and to help protect them. I truly appreciate it. You know, Ayana, you know, of course, you know, this is my love logical sister. I sit on her board with Wake Up. I sit on the board with C2P. I am a mother, biological and love logical. And for those of you who wonder, biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. And that is who my family is. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everyone.